Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. And I find that I have to try extra hard to be a better dad when my family is traveling. Because when you're stuck in a tiny little vessel with those beautiful little angels, it can be a bit like battle. It's exhausting. And you can easily get annoyed and frustrated traveling with kids while it is a joy that you get to think back on and just relive the wonderful memories and laugh at all the chaos. In the moment, you really feel the chaos. But that's why I have a special interview to share with you today. I have my good friend Ryan O'Neill back with me. The first time he was on the podcast, he talked about his entrepreneurial journey. This time he's talking about traveling with kids. Now, he and his wife and their three young kids don't just do cross-country travel. They do big international trips. I mean, they do a lot of them, and they have no plans on stopping. So if you find that it can be a challenge traveling with your kids, you might want to take some notes on this one. Well, Ryan, it's so good to have you back on the podcast. Thank you so much for being with me, man. Yeah, excited to be back and, and um, keep up, keeping up with everything. Excited to, to hear uh, and, and chat a little bit about travel and stuff. Yeah, I know you're basically an expert at this. I will say to everyone um, who might not know who you are, if you are, if you consider yourself to be an entrepreneur or you want to start a business at some point, you were actually on previously and shared your experience with that, and you had a lot of incredible insight. So if you're listening and you're thinking along those lines, and that's kind of you know a passion of yours, or you have a dream of doing your own thing, Ryan O'Neill's interview that I did. Uh, probably about a year ago now, is a uh, must-listen to for you. But anyway, today we're talking about travel tips because you and your wife have to be some of the bravest parents on the planet because you take <laughs> your kids <laughs> all over the place. How many countries have your kids been to? You've got three, so obviously the oldest is going to be to more, but how many have they been to? Yeah, so I, I always like to joke my... Uh... My, my two-year-old has more passport stamps than I did when I was 30. And um, uh, yeah, so my, my two-year-old, actually, she's been to nine countries. My, wow. uh, my four-year-old's been to 13, and my six-year-old has been to 17 countries. That is crazy. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I, I have a hard time kind of wrapping my head around the bravery that you and your wife have. So the most exotic thing that we've done with our kids is Lindsay and I enjoy taking cruises and oh, yeah. we took, we took Frankie on his first cruise. I think my wife was pregnant with Reagan. So we took Frankie, but when we took Frankie, we had my parents with us. So they helped with him. We took a second cruise and it was just our family. And at that point, we had Frankie and Reagan. And I think my wife, again, was pregnant because, you know, we did the whole boom, boom, boom thing. Um, and that was just us. And, you know, cruises are kind of laid back for the most part. We enjoy going on cruises because you're isolated. We don't get Wi-Fi. We disconnect from the world. It's just, you kind of just relax. You really get away. And when you have kids with you, you can't really do that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and And the problem for us is... The last cruise that we went on, we went on for our eight-year anniversary, and we didn't take the kids with us. And it was the first time that we had been away, just the two of us, without the kids. And I think we booked a cruise within the week of us getting back. That's just going to be the two of us. And I, I know that you can affirm that it's good for the parents to get away and have their own isolated vacation. But 
you and your wife have this extra bravery that I think the majority of parents probably do not have in the fact that you've taken your kids, your oldest alone to 17 different countries. I mean, your two-year-old's been to nine. That's, that's kind of remarkable. So what is it that you think is different for you and your wife compared to the vast majority? Because honestly, I don't, we, at some point, I'm sure we will take our kids on a cruise, but I don't want to do it again for a long time. So what makes, what makes you different? Yeah, well, I saw your your avatar icon in this little podcast tool we have has you with your uh, kid on top of your shoulders. Is that Progresso? Is that the Progresso cruise? It, or, it um, is. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I figured that was based based on the based on the cruise and based on the uh, the the kind of uh, temple yep. looking thing. That's exactly where thing. we were, man. That's cool. Yeah. So you're you're not completely foreign to it, man. I'm not, but you know, he was uh, how old is he? Not even two in that one. (laughs) It's been four years. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's you know, that's that's the thing for us. You know, the heartbeat behind it is, you know, my my company's fully remote and so um, we have flexibility when it comes to that. But, you know, we could do like we did tonight, which was uh, we had you know a dinner and hang around hung around the house and then put the kids to bed an hour and a half later, or we could do what we did when we were in um, Belize, which is we rode golf carts around the city, you know this like golf cart city in Belize for three hours and just like explored the city and got papooses in Belize. It, you know, and it was one of those things where like it, we had the choice, right? Like, so what, what do we want to do? And, that, and that's a big thing for us is, is um, I guess kind of the biggest thing I heard many, many years ago, and it's always stuck with me. I don't know. I, I need to figure out who, I don't know if it's a quote or a saying, but basically they did a study of people who are in on the last years of their life and asked, you know, how long was your life to these people? And they said the people that felt that they had longer lives were the ones who had more distinct experiences. Mm. Whereas the people who just went in day in and day out, clocked in, clocked out, did the same thing, felt they had such a short life. And that's what so much, I mean, that, that impacted me a lot to say, you know what, like, maybe we just go in and do the same thing day in and day out. Or is there some way to make so many distinct memories and distinct experiences. And that's been a big driver behind us traveling so much is because we, we've got memories of, 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 of places and um, experiences and dirty diapers and things <laughs> that are in other countries, right? Like that we wanted to have like the, one, one of my son's birthdays, we were in Croatia and we had balloons in this little Airbnb and I wouldn't remember that birthday if it was at home in his own room. Sure. But I remember that birthday because it was in Croatia and we were on, you know, the, 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 the coast in Croatia. And so like, there's just things like that, that, that kind of give us a, a much more vivid experience in remembering these things. And, and that's, that's a big driver of it. And, um, you know, there, there are some horror stories for sure of traveling with kids, uh, but oh, at the sure. same time, it, 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 you know, that's the heartbeat behind why we love doing it so much is it, it gives us these experiences. It gives the kids experiences. It gives our family an experience that um, that we we won't forget. It's, it's, it's harder to forget it. Yeah, that's a wise perspective to have. I know it's not always the most comfortable perspective to have because it's really easy to get stuck in the here and the now and life is a little chaotic and I just need to get through tomorrow. And you keep saying that for a decade and you're like, where did the right. time go? But your approach is, you know, 
at the end of everything, I want to look back and say I had a life worth living. And I think, right. I, I think that's a, it's one of those perspectives that kind of pokes you in the chest, like, Hey dad, you know, suck it up. It's going to not be perfect, but right. you know, do right. something that's going to be memorable. That's, that's really cool. Now you mentioned horror stories. How, how real fast, <laughs> how old is your oldest? So my oldest oh, is six. He's six. So in six years, he's been, <laughs> that's remarkable, to 17 different countries. So mm-hmm. you've been busy. Um, now, you do this a lot, but you mentioned the horror stories. Help the rest of us feel somewhat normal. Give us one of the horror stories that you've had traveling with kids. Oh, yeah, probably the one. There's plenty of them, but probably the one that sticks out the most is we were going to Ireland and we only, we, this is our, uh, you know, we travel a little bit with our, our son, Oliver. Uh, we, you know, I've got a picture of his first flight and it is the, the most hilarious. He's a very chunky kid and his eyes are like bulging out. Like, and he did the, the flight was great. He did a great job on it, but just the picture like yeah. sets up for like, all right, it's time to start traveling. Um, <laughs> so we had done some, some domestic travel, but we had never done anything overnight. He was, um, if I'm thinking of this right, a year and a half, something like that for this longer trip. And so we're like, well, let's work. We're, we're going to take, you know, so many long haul trips when you're going over the, the, the pond, skipping over the pond mm-hmm. are overnight. And so we're like, man, this is awesome. So we're, we, we went up to Boston. We're going to go from Boston to Dublin to Ireland. Um, and uh, he's one and a half years old and we're like, this is perfect because we're going to be leaving at like 8 PM and he'll fall asleep. And we, we did all of our planning and we got like the, a bulkhead um, seat because, you know, it, 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 this is one of those things that will totally trip up a, a, a early traveler. Cause we did this, we got a bulkhead seat, which is the front of a row of seats that sometimes you can lay down like a, a baby thing and you can set the baby there to, to sleep. So we're like, man, we got the bulkhead, like everything. This is great. He's going to just fall asleep and he's going to be asleep all the way till we get to Dublin. And, um, so we got on the plane, everything happened as normal. We, you know, had to coordinate and figure out, make sure we we're seating. Somebody didn't want to sit next to a baby. So they, they moved and they talked to the flight attendant and all that stuff. And we're like, well, whatever, you know, we're here, we're doing it. My wife's pregnant at the time with our, our second. And um, so everything is going great, we feel like. And then the lights go off for, you know, and we're like, okay, great, let's put him to bed. So we go through the bedtime ritual. Then all of a sudden, about 30 minutes later, the lights come right back on. And we're like, what is going on? And we didn't realize, like, this just happens, you know, because now they're doing food service or now they're like handing out drinks. And from that point forward, the flight just went down because our kid wants to sleep. <laughs> We've not set him up or prepared him for like any sort of schedule change or anything like that. We just thought this is going to be just like at home. He's going to go to sleep, be asleep overnight. Um, and so the rest of the flight was it was pretty miserable. We couldn't lay down the bulkhead, the the the, the baby carrier on the bulkhead because it impeded walkways. It, I, 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 no, 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 no. I remember it was turbulence. As soon as turbulence hit, you had to lift it up. So he, he you know, during the five minutes, he actually fell asleep in the thing. We <laughs> Turbulence happened. We had to take him out to hold him while we lifted it up. And so, um, yeah, it, it was rough. It was rough. It was one of those like, oh, we're never going to do this again. Um, right. But, uh, it, you know, 
the the thing is we had such a great time you know we got a picture of him holding a map upside down that's just stuck in my mind of like when we were in london because we we uh went went uh from to dublin to london and then over to france on that trip and um so yeah it 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 happens though it happens to the best of us yeah well I think it's remarkable, which, you know, we had a horror story going to Disney. We took the kids to Disney. I think Frankie was, oh, he was about two and a half. And we thought maybe he was going to skip the terrible two phase. Mm-hmm. No, we went to Disney for seven days and he he literally hit the entire terrible two phase throughout that seven day period. <laughs> it was awful. And then the flight home, they the kids do really well on flights. But apparently he had some bad chicken nuggets at the resort before we left. And the last 30 minutes of the flight, he threw up nine times. Oh, no. Dude, it was bad. I'm sitting here watching a movie on my iPad, and I just saw like this mass go in my peripheral. And I was like, what was that? And I look over, and then I felt the warmth of it. I was like, sweet Lord, be with us. <laughs> yeah. So, How many chicken nuggets did you eat? Uh, all, so I was like, all in all, I was like, I, I, I've told him, which I told him when he was, you know, too but he doesn't get it but i remind him every year i'm like buddy this time last this time you know last year two years ago we were at disney and i'm not taking you back until you're 31 so just you remember <laughs> that but i remember i was at uh disney springs once and i saw this kid just like sprawled out crying like the mom's holding the ice cream while this kid and i, <laughs> I remember thinking a lot of people say this is the happiest place on earth and yeah. yet <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there's tears everywhere. There's yeah. so much crying. See, but what I think is so remarkable about your story that you just shared, that was chaotic. That had to have been one of your first trips that you took. And you kept taking them. Yeah, You continued to do all these other trips. So just based off of that horror story, what are some, what are some things that you learned from that experience? Yeah, for sure. So... um well, we've learned a lot of stuff. We're still learning. I mean, we, we just we just came back from a trip to Spain, and on that, I have a, a two year old, um, and we I learned a tr- actually um, it was uh, I used a trick that I learned. Um, so one one thing that I learned in the in the process, and I just learned this. This is four years later. I'm just now learning this trick. Uh, we were coming back from Hawaii, is what it was, and we were a similar situation with my daughter, where it's like we're flying from Hawaii. Her schedule's changing. She was two, less than two years old. She was still, you know, at that point in time. So we have like, we have companion passes on Southwest. So like at that point in time, we literally like paid for two tickets for five people to go to, to, um, to go to Hawaii. And it was super cheap for us. We were super excited. The food in Hawaii is super expensive. So you got to save money somewhere. Um, but we were coming back and my daughter was off. And, uh, I, like she was, she just was crying and it was another, it felt like another one of those Ireland flights. And then I put her in the carrier is what so we had a carrier that we put in. That's a big thing when you're traveling and stuff, but we, I put her in the carrier and I went back to the bathroom. I was just like, you know, what? I'm gonna let her cry it out in the bathroom and, and until she's worn out. And I, I figured out a trick that was in there where you go into the bathroom, you have the kids strapped on. And you literally like you half lock it you have because as soon as you full lock a bathroom door, the light comes on. Right. So you don't want the light on. But if you half lock it, people can't open the door, but the light doesn't come on. So there's like this half lock trick that I learned well while I was there. And um, and she conked. She was out. And then I went and for the next three hours on the flight or whatever it was, she was out. And it was something for 
an hour, hour and a half, two hours, we were struggling with her and she was having a hard time with it. Um, but yeah, that was one of the kind of one of the, the tricks we learned is like, hey, I'm just going to take him to the bathroom. I'm going to stand up. The kid's going to be strapped to me um, and, you know, kids are going to cry. But that's the best place to kind of avoid, you know, disrupting other people um, at the same time, helping that helping the kid to get some sleep. Yeah, I so think that's that, that's one of the tricks that we've learned yeah. for sure. I, I want to get into more of the tricks, but I think you said something that's really important for all of us dads to remember. You made the comment that kids are going to cry. I think it's yep. really important. While you know, going back to my cruise experience, when it's me and my wife, it's magical. When it's my entire family, it's a bit more chaotic, and there's a lot less rest that we get when we do that. But it's really important to have your expectations aligned with, you know, I've got kids. These kids will cry. These kids will be uncomfortable. They are going to be off of a schedule. There's going to be moments of chaos. And just having that mindset that, you know, I I need to be able to adjust whenever they need me to adjust. This isn't all about me. This is more about us, right? Um, I think that's, and I think that probably goes in line with what you shared about your whole reason for doing this, right? You're making memories, you're having something you look back on or you have this long and full life with all these distinct experiences that you've right. had. Well, absolutely. Yeah. And the thing is you it gets so it, it, you get you have to be so careful because you you if something starts to go awry and you got people all around, especially airplanes are always the worst, but you know, cruises are just just the same. You know, if something starts to go awry, you get so tempted to try to be reactionary for other people's view of it. Um, and sometimes it's the worst thing you can do, you know, to, to help the kid through the situation. And what we found so many times that most, like me seeing other kids on the plane, most of the time, um, the reason kids are crying are things that are preventable. Like I, I remember one time uh, a kid was in front of me was crying and I could tell that their ears were popping because we were going down and the parents had no idea, had no idea. So I, I had a little thing of snacks left over from the snack bag or whatever that they, they passed out. And I said, hey, here's these. And the kids started eating it and the kid was fine, right? It was nothing to do with their attitude or pitch of fit. They, they, their ears were popping and they nobody was fixing it for them. And yeah. so it's one of those things where, you know, again, it's going to happen. But if you, it, it, the, the more you do it, number one, the more kids get used to it. But then number two, like the, the more that if you're calm, and cool and collected as a parent, you can be able to think through these situations and figure out how can I kind of help, help things to the, you know, end up as best as I can. Yeah. I think that's super important. I want to get into these secret tricks and hacks that you have for traveling since, you know, you're a professional traveling father with three kids and your kids have been around the world a couple of times. Let's start first with maybe domestic travel, because this is probably going to be most applicable to the majority of families. And I know you've probably been to almost all the states, if not all of them already with your entire family, but you're taking long car rides. What are some must have items to help your kids when, you know, you're on the road for hours? Right. Yeah. So we, we've done the, the, the long trips. Um, we, um, you know, if we're going on a trip, like in our, in our current van, we have a DVD player. We didn't used to have this, we have a DVD player in there. So that's one thing. Like, so we were, we were traveling, we went from St. Louis to Chicago, which is only about a four, four and a half hour, five hour drive. Um, but we were flying out of Chicago to go to Barcelona so that we were taking this really long trip up there. Um, and my wife just went to the library and she found DVDs of inspector gadget goes to Rome. And Inspector Gadget goes to Barcelona, like the places we were about to go. And for like the week ahead of time, we were watching 
those videos. And then on the trip there, we just, you know, played them on repeat. And I, again, I, we, you don't want to get the kids too hyped up on videos the whole time, but there's educational ways, you know, there's, there's yeah. fun ways that you can still be able to, to do it. So that's a, a big thing. Um, the, if you can time it right, sleep is your best friend. Like time is schedule, schedule your trips around when the kids are, are, are going to sleep. And I found out my, my wife has this, this, this hack and I, it took me years <clears throat> to figure out what she was doing. But, um, we generally have the thing where the person's driving is driving and the person who's not driving is, you know, responsible for the kids. So starting out, why we, I always drive. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so we'll, Rachel and I will split up driving and, um, and so we'll start driving and I'll be going for an hour, hour and a half. And she's timed it perfect. So the kids fall asleep. Like, right. You know, we're leaving right at their nap time or right at a time when they're most likely to fall asleep. And then she lays down and she takes a nap too. Then she gets up and we're talking and then I'm like, man, would you, you want to, you know, you want to trade? Can you, can you drive a little bit? So then we'll trade. And I didn't realize how genius she was. And then just about that time, the kids wake up and now I'm responsible for the kids. <laughs> so, so wives out there, there, there's these tricks you can pull on your husband without even him realizing like, uh, but that's a big thing. She, I'm going to edit that portion out for all the dads right. listening. <laughs> It's a big thing. Time it around when they're sleeping. You know, make sure that you're you're taking whatever chunk of the trip. Um, we generally don't do van trips more than five or six hours. We generally would prefer to fly. At some point, you know, we we almost went to Vermont this year because we could not find tickets for cheap. Like we, it was it was bad. Um, we finally found some tickets that were doable, but um, that would have that would have been the biggest. Uh, drive we've ever done. So generally, we try to stick beneath five, five, six hours if we're going to be driving somewhere. Um, but that's a big thing. Have snacks, you know, prepared in there. My wife always does a great job at having a backpack, having a lot of toys in the backpack. That's another big thing. Just have a backpack full of toys. And we even just got each of them their own backpacks. So we'll have them pack their own toys. And so that they're yeah. pulling it, pulling the stuff out. They've got kind of their own little you know, care package. Um, and generally we don't stop very much if we're traveling, you know, um, we'll, 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 we'll try our best to be able to hit everything in one shot. Um, and so that helps a lot of time, but those are a few of the things we do on drives. Okay. That's smart. This is good stuff. What about when you get, you know, I'm sure you probably fly out more than you drive is considering all the places that you're traveling, but when you're on, when you're in the air on the plane, anything different from that, that the kids need? I mean, make sure they have, again, the backpack full of stuff, toys that they can play with. If you're doing a domestic flight, if you're doing a flight, you know, less than four hours, um, that's a big thing. Make sure that they have snacks on the way up and the way down. At some point, you know, they actually get really used to flying. Um, and so, like, there's some things they just kind of know. But having those snacks there, that's the, that's the majority of reason kids cry on planes. It's just their ears and people don't know how to how to work with that. There, there is a level of, you know, learning how to be a, a human that is around other humans and how to behave and stuff. And that stuff is stuff that comes. Um, we we generally um, again, I, I don't want to make it sound like we depend on videos and stuff a lot because we, we 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 try our best to avoid being in there too much. But we generally try to uh, make sure that we have that. We download videos from like Amazon Prime or wherever. We're going to download. We try to download stuff ahead of time, so we won't get in the. A lot of times, you'll get in the air and realize like, hey, your downloads expired. 
So you want to you want to totally try that, right? Make sure you're getting that stuff prepared for them, stuff that they're going to watch in, in a pinch. And don't give them to it up front, right? Like wait till the problem time to give it to them. If you give them like <laughs> you give them everything up front, they're going to expect another level and you don't have anything ammo. else to give them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So you wait, wait till those moments. Make sure you always got a trick in your back pocket to uh, distractions are huge. Like just all the time, you know, if something's start, if you can tell that and, and be observant of your kids, you can tell that something's about to go off, you know, make sure you're looking out and, and Hey, what's that out the window? You know, finding, finding a way mm. to be able to distract them. Um, I took my son on my first business trip with me the other day and we actually did his schoolwork on the plane was something we did. And that, that, caused a little bit of contention. So we had to work through that, but, um, uh, but, but we, we successfully were able to do like his math and his English and, and work through some of that stuff when we we're on the plane. Um, so having stuff, having stuff to do, um, but then knowing, Hey, when you travel a lot, you still have to do your schoolwork where our kids are homeschooled, but you still have to do your schoolwork. You still have to do X, Y, and Z. And, you know, and so if, if you don't travel that often or if it's your first trip, don't worry about that. But if it's something where you know you want to get into that lifestyle, eventually you have to get to that point where this is just life. You know, sure. my kids are in Bible quizzing. We quote on the plane at 4 a.m. You know, <laughs> it's like we're up. We, we so had Dunkin' Donuts this morning already. Let's <laughs> let's do something, you know. <clears throat> That's awesome. Um, I know you mentioned snacks. You mentioned snacks early on, and you mentioned it again for the pressure changing with the ears. Is there is there anything else that you do, or are you just always snacks? Because I know snacks yeah. work. For well, for pressure changing, my kids love what my mom does, which is like to hold your nose and to blow, and that helps yeah. your ears. But but snacks is the big thing for us. Um, you know, it, again, depending on how big of a trip, a lot of people, you know, they want to bring a stroller, but there's times we need to ask, like, how accessible is that stroller going to be after we get there, and yeah. am, I, am I even going to use it? Because there are some terrains you go to, some places you go to, where all you've done is created something else that you have to keep up with. And it's easier yeah. just to be able to to, to bring um, uh, like a baby carrier or something like that. Um, we haven't tried out one of the wonder carts or whatever they're called. We're looking, you know, that's something we've considered uh, to see how that looks pretty cool. looks like yeah. it could be pretty efficient, but we haven't tried out one of those yet. Um, but a lot of times we, you know, you find so many parents that they try, they overpack, they way overpack and now they got more headaches and they're not able to take care of their kids because they're the only person who can push these 17 things around. So make sure you pack light. Like the more experienced traveler you are, um, this will blow your mind. We uh, we traveled, we went for uh, 10 days, 12 days, something like that to Europe. And we took one carry-on and three backpacks. That was our, um, wow. that was our everything for it. Wow. Now we weren't, you know. I don't think you wear clothes up. in Europe anyway though, right? That's right. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, why. Let, let, let our baby just run around naked. Um <laughs> But like, I mean, we weren't dressing to the nines for anything. We weren't going anything formal, like, but, but still we found a way to be able to wash it, you know, and, and keep that light because again, keeping the, the less you have to worry about, the more you can have attention spans whenever things and situations do happen. So, um, but yeah, if you want to take the stroller, obviously, you know, a lot of times you have to like get a gate checked and there's other things like that that you just got to keep in mind. And sometimes it's the right move to do. Sometimes it's the right move to do, but generally yeah. like with lap children, we just sit them in our laps. Um, we, we fly Southwest a lot. So there's an entire strategy we have about making sure that all of us get seats, you know, to, together. We, we basically take up a whole, whole row. And for the most part, you know, we have five people that get tickets now with our family 
for the most part, that we're going to get the empty seat on the, the the plane every so often. One out of every six or seven flights, we have somebody just the plane's absolutely full and somebody's got to fit there. So that's a big thing is just making sure like if, if you do fly in places that have uh, like seats that you, you have to select the seats, you'd be very careful with that because things can get messed up. We had a situation like that where my daughter... Yeah, I could keep talking on that, but make sure you're very cautious and you got to get the stuff in ahead of time to make sure if you're if you're choosing your seats that you're that you're actually getting those selected in time to make sure they fit the kind of the dynamics of your family. Um, but there's other tactics and tricks if you're Southwest for sure. Yeah, I th- we typically just use Southwest. Well, I guess for two reasons. One, bags fly free, which is always nice. That's true. You save save a little bit of money there. Uh, the second reason is typically with kids. You get to board after, you know, right. whatever the top group is. They're like, all right, if you've got kids under this age, come on. We're like, all right, here's our big group. And, oh, yeah. and typically, you know, you get to just select your seats. There's like 20 people on the plane. And it's it's relatively easy to bunch together at that point. Um, you were talking about bringing overpacking and bringing the strollers and the car seats and all that nonsense. And it, I was traumatized because... We, my wife's from Toledo, Ohio, and for the most part, we drive there. One time we said, no, we'll fly there because people have big enough vehicles. We only need two car seats or one car seat at the time. It might have just been Frankie. And um, here I am walking through the airport with the big like uh, car seat backpack oh, on. Yeah. And, you know, Frankie's in the stroller for the most part, but you know, at some point you got to take him out. So, and then I'm carrying that and I've got like two bags over here. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like <laughs> my arms are not that big. Like, I'm just, I'm not strong enough for this. So yeah, if you can pack light, I, I'm going to uh, echo that. It, it's definitely, it's definitely the way to go. Um, let me ask you this though, since you've been all over the place, is there, is there a country that seemed to be best to travel to and visit with kids that was maybe more accommodating to have children with you? That's so weird. That's such a tough answer. It touched such a tough question because some of the best countries for kids are like also the worst. And and (laughs) I'll give you an example, like Italy, coolest of things. Like we went to the Vatican to go to Vatican city, the Vatican museum. We pulled up, it was free that day. It was the fifth Sunday or something like that. So it was free to go into, we had three kids. Um, and we, we, they started to drop us off at the front and like the cab did, but, it, but then they went, so they drove all the way down this, you know, block because the, the line had already extended around the block. They turned the corner, went all the way down another block. The line extended all the way down. They turned the corner again and it went all the way down another block. And it wasn't a full mile, but it, you know, it, it was starting to get up there on the pedometer, like. And so we went all the way to the very end of the line. And we're like, this is crazy. We're never going to get in. We're gonna, we got these kids. And we, but we were Googling, you know, hey, da 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 what do you do? And we saw that you can actually get in. If you have kids, just you could walk straight in, like at the front. You didn't have to wait in the line. So we did. We walked all the way up there, past everybody. We got to the front. We said, hey, is this right? Is this actually, I, I ran up there first. Um, typically, when we're international, most of the time, only we, we only have one phone plan on. It costs like 10 bucks a day to be able to have a phone plan on. But like in situations like that, 
you know, we, I may turn on my phone to, to con- be in contact, but I ran all the way up and it was legit. They said, Hey, you can get in. And so we, we didn't have to wait at all. Like we walked in and we're like, we're in the Sistine chapel. Nobody else was there. You know, wow. we're in all these places. Like it was just completely empty because we were the first people in. So that's the coolest part. But then the flip side to that, like the quote unquote cool part, seven hours late, seven hours before I was standing in a hotel that was the nicest of the hotel. We used points. We were very hacky with points and I figured out how to get it. It was a Waldorf Astoria. We couldn't, we could never afford it if we were paying it, but there was like this hack with points that I was using. But when we walked in and I was, I was trying to do something really special for my wife. It was a great view, a nice hotel, a lady immediately Nice, super nice hotel. So I don't understand. She picked up her finger and she started counting our family, like in front of me. She said, sir, are all of y'all planning on staying in the room? I was like, well, yeah, I mean, it's double beds. You know, <laughs> this is fine. She's like, well, we only allow three people per room. I'm like, what? I've got a two-year-old, a four-year-old, six-year-old, and you want us to have two rooms. And they would not budge. They wow. would not budge on it. And it's something in Italy. I don't understand it completely where there's three souls and I'm pretty sure the hotels use it for their benefit, but they, there is a legal, some sort of legal thing behind it. That was a horrible experience because yeah, like we, we had already stressed ourselves and I figured we figured it out and we had to do a lot of on the spot thinking and I had to transfer points from one place to another and they had to open up another hotel room. But because every everywhere else was shut down, every other hotel had was completely sold out for wow. that night. I don't know what was going on in in, in Italy and Rome, but yeah, so it's like weird because it had the best of experience for families. You could get to the front of the line pretty much anywhere. So like all the stuff everybody wanted to do was super accessible. We went to the Coliseum, we went to all these places, super accessible, but the hotel situation was a mess. Um, for, for if you only have one kid, maybe that's actually easy. That would I would totally. If you have one kid and you're wanting to explore, do Italy. Absolutely, yeah. we love I, Italy. Lindsay wants to go to Italy. We're just gonna. I don't know. We might just draw straws and pick one of the kids and just there we go. That's true. That's true. <laughs> well, what I did the second time, this our second hotel, I actually just checked it myself, and then we just went up to the room. Nice. But they were quick. We, my wife called down for like a, a something like a pillow and they're like, uh, we don't have a passport for a woman on the room. Like they were quick on like catching it. So, wow. um, but I did that, that did work in that last one. But, but it's like, you just, you legit, you legit, you let one person go in and check in and how did you it. get out of that? Out of what? Out out of them identifying the woman in the oh, room. Did you like call them? Um, so this is a mistress. I'm sorry. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's it, ma'am. You can't know this. No, um, it, they just didn't follow up on it. We just oh, didn't. Nice. They, we we just said, oh, okay. Well, we'll we'll if if we get a chance, we'll come down later and bring the passport down. But we just never did anything with it. Okay, nice. Yeah. Well, that 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 worked out pretty good. But yeah, th- that's good to know. The whole uh, three to a room in Italy. That's uh. That, that could hurt. That could hurt pretty bad oh, if you absolutely. don't know about it. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Like We went to Costa Rica. Costa Rica was super nice for kids. Everybody loved kids. Very, very friendly. Um, one of the best. If, if you're dipping your toe in travel, international travel, uh, do like Dominican Republic, like Punta Cana, or, and, and do a resort. Or do like, uh, you could do Montego Bay. Um, we'd go again to Montego Bay. I have heard like crimes up a little bit, or I, I had heard a year ago that it was up a little bit there. Um, 
But generally, if you're going on a resort, you aren't going to have any issues. Just get like an all-inclusive resort. Mm-hmm. And that's a great way to dip your toe into um, international travel because you get the flight in, you, you get used to the passport control, and there's an entire technique around passport. Italy, though, passport control let you to the front of the line. Didn't matter how long the line was. Like in wow. in getting through security, you had your own line for kids. It just it, we just didn't. We've never really seen that in many other, or at least known about it in many other places. So, wow. um, but yeah, like it's a. Those are some great places we love. Uh, in we're going to go to Punta Cana at some point in the near future again. And um, Montego Bay was great for for kind of dipping your toe into international travel. So Italy sounds like the place to go. Just if you have more than one kid, make sure you hide the other two or however many in a suitcase until you get to the room. (laughs) Yeah. If you're the Brady Bunch, make sure you're like just sending in Jana or whatever their, whatever the daughter's name it was on there. Like just just have one person in. That's funny. Um, Since you've traveled so many different places, what is the language barrier like I know you're not fluent in every language that of every place you visited, unless you have just memorized all that and you haven't told me about it. But what's that like? Yeah, oh, it's there for sure. Um, we, I, I don't, I don't fluently speak anything. I can almost get around in Spanish. I thought I could until May of this year when we went to Puerto Rico, <laughs> and uh, I, I learned at this little sort of cheap Puerto Rican place restaurant. Um, I do not have a handle and nobody could speak English there. So like I, we, we figured it out. I got food and I was able to pay for it, but it was, it was a train wreck. Um, got it. yeah, th- it's there sometimes generally most of the time, if you're just dipping your toe into traveling, you're going to be traveling to places that there's not, not a significant language barrier. You know, if you're traveling okay. anywhere in Europe, everybody can speak English. You travel like we went to Belize, we Mexico, Costa Rica, most people are proficient enough and especially right. in hospitality to be able to assist you. Um, so uh, it, it's generally not a, a, a major concern of ours. Yeah. I mean, we'll look it up. Uh, I, I just got fined for driving in Spain. Um, somehow, I don't know, I broke some law while driving. And so but then they sent me uh, the fine, but it was completely in in um, what is the language? Catalan, right? Like it's a mix of like Spanish and others and like the entire finds in Catalan. And so I, I have no idea how to read it, uh, but I finally was able to get a hold of the rental car people and, and, and they were able to explain to me that I didn't have to do anything on it. Um, oh, cool. So every so often you run across situations like that, but it's a great opportunity to learn, you know, and yeah. to, to learn yourself, to talk with your kids um, and then to practice it. And that's, Gives that's you always good stories like nerve Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me, okay, let me let me let me get here because this is probably <clears throat> I would imagine that this is one of the biggest factors for families who want to get into traveling, specifically international travel. Let's talk about cost and savings. Do you have I know you talked about some of the situations you have with Southwest and looking at some other things, but what are some of the main things that you look at to save your family money when you're doing these international trips? Yeah. So we've, we have traveled, um, for the longest time. I I was in global missions. Actually, I was, uh, in the executive office and that's what got me into international travel. Great story. I could tell you about South Africa, but we don't have time. Um, uh, but I got, I got into travel through that. We we really fell in love with it. Um, but then I, I went out on my own and I started, you know, obviously start my own software company. I mean, we were, you know, we were making around 40,000 a year between both of us. Um, so I, I wouldn't, 
Um, you know, it's not what I started at, which was 28,000, but like whenever I started my, my career, quote unquote, as a teacher. Um, but at the same time, we had two people, we had a house, um, we had a baby. And so it's not like we had a lot of money uh, to, to rolling in for it, but we still were able to do it. And there's a lot of techniques for that. Um, but for us, like one, one of them that's, this has been a more recent thing, but the, we actually, there's a, something called Scott's Cheap Flights. Um, it's, it's become very, very popular. Yep. It's a great list to follow. Okay. But we went um, when my, uh, my son was three and a half. My older son was three and a half. My younger son was one and a half. But there was a mistake fare from St. Louis to Croatia for like 300 bucks. And so wow. we, for 900 bucks or a thousand bucks, our family of four traveled to Croatia and that was an easy drive over to Venice. And that was our first time in Italy. How'd you find that? Um, so they just sent an email. So they sent an email saying, Hey, mistake fair. And we're like, Hey, let's go check out this mistake. Fair. Was that, was that through and Scott's? It was through Scott's cheap okay. flights. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. And sometimes wow. those are weird, right? Cause it's on some sort of like obscure site that somebody <laughs> made the mistake. Right. Um, so you gotta be prepared for that. You know, you don't, don't plan everything. You gotta, you need to wait for a week before planning the rest of your schedule. If you get a mistake fair. Um, but yeah, we, we saw the opportunity and we saw, Hey, we can drive over here. We can rent a car and we just planned it out in the way that we were able to create a trip. So don't schedule your trips. Like that's the, like, that sounds like so weird. Like everyone's like, Oh, I want to take my vacation on this day. If you want to have cheap travel, then you need to be, you need to be flexible. You need to know your schedule. Obviously there's some things that probably aren't flexible, but you've got to be willing to say, okay, no, I'm going to adjust my schedule based off of the opportunities that come up. So that's huge for us is we, we've got all kinds of tips and tricks. There's some incredible stuff on Google flights that, that allow you to do this, to very quickly look over a wide variety of dates and kind of find the best date for you. Like anytime that you can find a, a calendar view where there's actual dollar signs or dollar amounts on each day, like you've hit gold, whether that's hmm. like the Hilton website, there's like an obscure way to find like the best deal um, on uh, Southwest. There's like a button, a calendar button that you can like sort of toggle around the dates on Google flights. Like there's, that's super, super important when you're doing the research for this to find out, okay, what's the best day and I'm going to adjust my schedule based off of, and, and when I'm going to take my vacation, based off of that day. And then you always have to, you have to map it across multiple factors. You're going to need to look at your flights, but you also have to map it across your hotel. Um, and then if you need any car or anything like that, which cars typically, rental cars or, or, or transportation are less critical um, than your flights and your hotels and making sure that those are the, 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 the cost efficient ways. So those are some things for us that we do that, you know, and, and generally I just enjoy it. I just enjoy looking up flights and, and finding good deals. Um, but those are some of the things that have really helped us make sure that we're getting, getting the best deal whenever we're traveling. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really smart to do, you know, again, having the flexibility, you know, if, especially if you're doing what you recommend and looking at these dates, I would think for most people, again, you know, you own your company, you have flexibility with that. But for the father who might work a eight to five job Monday through Friday, if you're looking at dates, you might want to say, I'm going to look nine months out. That way I can actually yeah. get the time off for this and absolutely, but, you know, a plan according to that still. Because I mean, I you're going to actually- have probably a great trip international. Yeah, absolutely. I would love it if I was able to find, I still can't find most of the tools I use. Don't give me like 
emergency like tomorrow deals, I would love that because we would take advantage of those. Typically for us though, we're looking two to three months out. Um, yeah. But you're exactly right. Like, and 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 the other thing is, there's things like Southwest is um, you you don't lose your credits with them. They don't expire. So let's say that you book a trip literally the day before the trip expires. You can be able to say, Hey, you know what? I'm not going. And they'll give you credits for that. And the reason that's so important is because you need to pull the trigger quick. If there's a great deal, right? Like if you see that there's something to Hawaii and there's dates that work there are literally in the course of like two hours of me looking at something and saying, you know, I'm going to come back to that in two hours and coming back to it, the, the things that worked perfect, like this Goldilocks scenario for me disappeared. Wow. So like on those and, and any, actually any flight you schedule can be refunded up to 24 hours, right? So if you see something, don't, <laughs> this sounds weird. Don't ask your spouse on it. Um, <laughs> just buy it and then say, Hey, I got these things, you know, or I, you know, do you want to do this? Is it refundable? Even if you aren't sure about schedules now, you got to be pretty tight on it. You can't like come back at 25 hours later and be complaining that you aren't getting your refund because that's sure. outside of the legal limits. But, you know, there's some really powerful things you can do to, to kind of protect those opportunities that come up without putting yourself in, in risk of losing the money you invested. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and I know money's money's important to everybody. And, you know, <clears throat> I wish I had a friend who, you know, created software companies or something like that who would do something with travel, who <laughs> likes to do it a lot. That'd be really That's cool right. and convenient right. for the rest of us. Hint, hint. But um, no, you've shared some really great stuff and I really appreciate, I think that this is going to be helpful. I know it's going to be helpful to us. Um, <clears throat> I think for me, still the key takeaway is the inspiration for why you do it all at the very beginning, just having a life to look back on and say, this was rich and this was full and... It was chaotic, but we had a lot of fun along the way. So uh, last thing I'd like you to share, if there's anything, maybe just echoing something you've already said before, but is there any final word of encouragement that you'd like to give to parents, to dads who have kids who kind of dread traveling and you would say, no, it's it's worth it's worth the chaos? What would you say? Yeah, the, um, there are... There are the, the moments, and I, I mentioned a couple of them to you, that you never forget. I one one time uh, we we were waking up. It was three a.m. Like it was like three a.m. to get up for a flight, and I got up my kids for the flight. And my my I woke up my oldest or my second. I can't remember. But as I was waking them up, they said they they opened their eyes and they said, "I know what this is," and they were just so excited. To be, to be going on a trip, right? And it became such a, it, it's something that they always look forward to. Um, there are the, just those fun moments that happen in the process that that you never get to build any other way. Uh, or or that, that it's, it'd, be, it'd be difficult to replicate the exact moment in another way. Um, there, there can be a fear of, of traveling and, and, and kind of that concern, that dread, as you described it, of traveling. Um, but the benefits are are so they just so outweigh the memories you build the and the, the biggest thing is the, those first couple times are going to be rough so it's probably worth it to dread it you know it's probably you're probably right there's probably going to be the you know the terrible twos hitting right at uh at <laughs> disneyland and then throwing up of uh of the chicken nuggets all over the plane it's probably going to happen 
But if you can get through that first time or two or three of, of traveling with, with your family and your kids and, and the, the memories that you get out of it and the relationships that you get out of it, it makes such it makes such a difference. And, and, and the ability for your kids, you know, to look at a map and to be able to know like places and, and connect with places and understand cultures and people and languages, it it really gives them a purview, even within the United States, forget traveling international, just the ability to be able to travel to different places and understand and see different cultures and different parts of the the, the country that we're in. Um, not only does it create memories for your family, but it gives your kids perspective that uh, wouldn't have happened if we, if you kind of held it close and you just held it close to the vest and said, you know what, you know, we, we this is how we travel. We travel once every, you know, three years or whatever. Um, so I really encourage you, if you want to, you know, if it's something that you really want to, I really encourage you, you know, it's kind of a bite the bullet situation. Get over the first or second time. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to be frustrated. Um, but but making it through that leads to so many more memories and the ability for you when you're older you know, exactly like you said, ending it how we started for you, when you're older to look back and be like, man, you remember, you, you remember that time when, um, when this thing happened in, in Costa Rica or when the kids got to go down those slides when we were in, in, in the Dominican, you know, that the ability to say, you know, when, when everybody was locked down, Jamaica was not locked down and we got to go and, you know, like everybody's like shuttered in their house. And in July, we went to Jamaica. And of, of 2020. And wow. so for us, we had the choice. What are we going to do? Jamaica was open. And so for us, um, there's just those opportunities where we, we jumped on it and we had memories from something from hanging out on a lazy river and, 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 and eating jerk chicken that we just wouldn't have had if we just kind of like st stuck in the house and avoided traveling during that time. So, so make those memories, but take the risks, um, but make the memories. Yeah, love that. Well, man, thank you so much for being with me and talking about traveling. You need to write a book about this. <laughs> I have a lot of people that tell us we need to create an Instagram account or something like that, that, yeah. um, that kind of keeps up with everything happening. Yeah. Fund all your trips. <laughs> That's true. That's it's a business. And then we'd be able to pay, you know, there, there is a play there for Indeed. sure. All right. You're, you're definitely the person who, who could do it. So anyway, I hope you keep having fun traveling. Appreciate all your time. And, uh, We'll be in touch. We'll do it again. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's interview with Ryan O'Neill. I know you learned a thing or two from him, but what I want all of us to take away from this interview is the perspective that he shared that he values as the reason as to why he wants to travel so much with his family. And that is when he gets to the end of his life, he doesn't want to look back and see void. He doesn't want to see regret. He doesn't want to see all of these what ifs. He wants to see a full and rich life that is flooded with moments and memories of him and his family. That is a perspective that we all need to have and we all need to value. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me, and I hope you will join me next time.